The year was 1963. The largest SUV company in the world, Willys, was looking to move on to the next step. They were looking to look past their Jeep station wagon, or as they called it, lifted wagons back then. 1963. They're moving past the glorious age of the 50s and into the 60s. The decade of free love, peace, and harmony for everyone. But this company was looking to move itself further up. They wanted to go after bigger market share and a bigger piece of the pie owned by International Harvester and Chevrolet Suburban. They wanted to go after seven-passenger SUV market. And even though the term SUV wasn't a main term back then, Jeep knew that the future of SUVs was going to be a lot bigger and brighter than anyone had ever thought. And in 1963, they would answer the call of that seven-passenger SUV. And that year, cladded in fake wood, the 1963 Jeep Grand Wagoneer burst onto our showroom floors and gave us the first of many more to come luxury SUVs, giving us some more luxury features than the competition had in moving us away from our station wagons. Autologues.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to Autolooks Podcast. I'm your host, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. himself. This week, we're taking a look at the great Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Not the Grand Cherokee, the Grand Wagoneer. The vehicle that pioneered luxury SUVs for the North American marketplace and became the third longest running product on its original platform. Yes, back in November 1962, the world was introduced to the Jeep Grand Wagoneer and all that it had. And again, in September of 2020, we get to see the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer. But at a price tag of over $100,000, has Jeep gone a little too far with it this time? Well, let's take a look back at its history and maybe, maybe we could justify that price point. Now, like we said, back in the decade of love and free will, Jeep released the Grand Wagoneer onto the world and making a run from 1963 all the way to 1990. It is the third longest original platform vehicle in history. Now, let's take a look back at where it came from. Why did this start? Well, Jeep, or back then, Willys, was looking to move their Jeep station wagon, which was originally created back in 1946. Yes, the Willys station wagon was created in 1946, and they wanted to move this raw 4x4 truck into more of a sedan appeal to go after the station wagon marketplace. Basically, they wanted to to make a smoother ride and more utilitarian to compete with competition from the station wagon marketplace which in the 60s was the mainstay of family automobiles like the minivan of the 80s and 90s the station wagons were the product of the 60s and jeep wanted a piece of that pie so how do you do it well you got to move a little bit more into utilitarian versions you have to move off of that full-scale truck leaf springs and move into something a little bit more now in 1963 technically 1962 when it was released 63 model this was seven years before Land Rover decided to jump into the luxury ring with them with its Range Rover product the original Jeep Grand Wagoneer shared its chassis with the then Jeep Gladiator pickup truck still utilizing the 4x4 capabilities this brand new Jeep station wagon would be able to go further than any station wagon could ever but with it it was also perceived as an actual off-road vehicle because unlike the Willys Jeep station wagon 
again, the name implies that it is a station wagon. But when its ride is rough and truck-like, you start to lose its appeal. Jeep knew this and decided to change its name. Well, what better than a Grand Wagoneer? You could start customers off in the Wagoneer platform at a price point much lower and more comparable to station wagons around you and move up to the Grand Wagoneer, the luxury of SUV. They were originally available as two and four doors as well as a panel van. Yes, a panel van version, making it a product you can utilize for anything. Now, in 1962, Jeep also had a product called the Jeep Rural, similar to that of the station wagon, but more truck-like and more truck appearance. It was more of the Suburban-esque. The Wagoneer needed to defeat this. They needed a more luxurious appeal. And in 63, with its massive front grille, they appealed to more clientele than just your average family man. They appealed to the luxury family man as well. From 1966, Jeep added the Super Wagoneer with a little bit more refinement and a full-width grille, something that would slowly move into their product range further down. And in 1968, Jeep said goodbye to its two-door model. Not something great to see. Now, the two-door model would make a comeback in 1974, but before that, many more changes. What happened? From 68 to 71, the Wagoneers were powered by a Buick 350 cubic inch 5.7 liter 230 horsepower Dauntless V8 instead of their original AMC power plant. Yes, the original 63s were powered by AMC products, even though at the time, Willys was still on its own. Now, from 71, the Wagoneers were exclusive AMC powered. By this time, AMC had taken over the Willys product range and had moved the Wagoneer onto the AMC power plant. And in 1970 is when that happened. Now, at the time, it wasn't Willys Jeep. When AMC bought them, they were considered the Kaiser Jeep Corporation. But in 1970, AMC made a full acquisition of Kaiser Jeep Corporation moving the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer into its product stable, thus pushing AMC to remove the Buick V8 from that product and move in their own AMC V8. In 1970, we saw the end of the metal grill, the introduction of the egg crate pattern plastic grill, something that would actually stay with us all the way to 1991. Now, this crossover grill from side to side brought the Jeep into its own product image. Unlike other Jeeps, which you use the Jeep styled grill, the Grand Wagoneer never moved into that territory, differentiating itself from both the Jeep, AMC, and Chrysler image that were behind it. This helped the Grand Wagoneer appeal to a broader range, whereas certain people out there don't like to have products associated with another product. Whereas Jeep was associated with AMC during the 70s and 80s, and then with Chrysler through the late 80s and early 90s, Jeep was able to brand the Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer models against the Jeep. Jeep image. By not having an exclusive Jeep front grille, they managed to push this price point higher, making it an exclusive product range, similar to what Chrysler did with the Imperial lineup. Builds upon a product and creates its own image. If you want a perfect example of this, take a look at what Toyota did with the Prius. The Prius became its own actual product, completely differentiated from the Toyota brand. People saw it, but how many people went out there and bought them? Being exclusive, Chevrolet, Ford, Honda, Chrysler, BMW, Mercedes, tons of these people went out and they bought the Prius brand because of the fact that the Prius was an exclusive product. Now, Toyota saw this and developed upon it, bringing you the Prius V, Vance-inspired crossover, and the Prius C, subcompact hatchback. And if you lived in Japan, you were able to get the Aqua X, which is a Prius C with a cross-track ability to go off-road. Now, no two-door or sport image of the Prius has ever been built, but the Prius brand became a a sub-brand to Toyota itself.
itself. And that is what Jeep kept doing with the Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer. And with this, in 1973, they saw the introduction of the Quadratrack four-wheel drive system, giving the product a little more smoother ride and making more versatile in the off-road community. And like we said, 74, the two-door model came back. There was renewed interest in coupes. And as we all know about the 80s, coupes were a big thing. Now, seeing in 1974, coupe products and products, as in the Ford Bronco, Chevrolet Blazer, and at that time, the Plymouth Duster and Dodge Ram Charger were all two-door full-size products. Jeep wanted to compete against products from their soon-to-be product stable, and they brought back in 74 the two-door model to go up against the big behemoths that had become the Bronco from its small product range. Added to this in 74, disc brakes were introduced to the Wagoneer. This made braking a lot easier to change and maintain, especially in the off-road community. Now, keeping them clean is a different story. Now, this product soldiered on relatively unchanged throughout the end of the 70s and into the early 80s. Although, by the end of the 70s, AMC was slowly going bankrupt. Chrysler, right before its bankruptcy, decided to help them out in utilizing products from Mitsubishi, another one of Chrysler's partners. They helped AMC live a little bit longer into the 80s. But by the end of the decade, AMC would be gone. Its products would be gone, but Jeep and their AMC-powered Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer would become Chrysler products. Now, if you look back and you take a gander at some of the Wagoneer models, you'll find a little product along the Wagoneer that was called the Wagoneer Cherokee. And in 1963, the Cherokee was essentially the entry-level two-door product of a Wagoneer. 1984, Jeep moved the Cherokee onto its own platform, and AMC brought the Wagoneer in to replace it. Now, the the original Cherokee, when it was brought in, and even the Wagoneer model that followed the Cherokee's platform, were all brought in to replace the Grand Wagoneer and Wagoneer products. But since they were highly profitable for the corporation, Jeep and AMC decided not to end the SJ model from 1963 and soldier it on for a few years longer. They wanted to ride it out and see how long this product can go for. Gotta remember, it's 21 years by now and it's still riding off the original platform. In the Grand Wagoneer continued under its design unit Chrysler until under its des design until Chrysler ended production to accommodate the new Grand Cherokee. It was a pretty sad year, 85 when Chrysler got a hold of them. Grand Wagoneer was almost booted out of the stable because Chrysler wanted to move forward with the Grand Cherokee, a revolutionized product that was going to help boost their image and profitability of the Jeep product range. But unfortunately, the Grand Cherokee never had one thing ever in its history, and that was a seven-seater. The Grand Wagoneer did. Chrysler saw this, and they couldn't allow it to die out because they would lose that market share to both Ford and Chevrolet. Gotta remember, the Suburban was still around, and they couldn't afford to let the Suburban cannibalize sales of the Grand Wagoneer. They couldn't just gobble up that entire market share, so Chrysler took a step back and said to themselves, we gotta keep this. It's gonna make money for us. And they did. And in 86, they saw the introduction of the two-part grill, some 
interior updates and an optional sunroof. But unfortunately, the next year, 1987, Chrysler finalized their acquisition of American Motors. And AMC was gone, and the Jeep brand was finally part of Chrysler. But 87 also marked the 25th anniversary of the Grand Wagoneer. 25 years now, and still going. That acquisition was made on March 2nd, 1987. And as the SJ trucks competed with the Ram trucks from Dodge, the Wagoneer was left on its own from 1988. And you have to remember, by the 80s, Cherokee platform had spawned the Comanche. No longer were their trucks built off of the Wagoneer platform. They were now being built off the Cherokee. So they made a few updates. From 89 to 91, the last essentially three years of production, the Wagoneer became a little bit more modern. Just a few nips and tucks here and there. Chrysler knew that this product would eventually have to go. The Grand Cherokee was doing well, and full-size extended SUVs weren't as big as they thought. With the Suburban and Yukon just holding on to market share, the Bronco hadn't grown up yet, and the Expedition was still years away. In February 27, 1991, Chrysler finally made the call to end production of the Grand Wagoneer. That year, it also became the longest-running domestically produced vehicle in the United States at 29 years on the same platform. Unfortunately, fuel economy in the 90s were paving the way for more unibody construction SUVs, and the rise of the crossover utility marketplace was starting to take over sales of the dismal 11-mile-per-gallon Grand Wagoneer. And on June 21st, 1991, the last one rolled off the production line. Unfortunately, Chrysler didn't have another plan for this. And as later on in the 90s, when the Durango was released, it never fit the seven-passenger product that the Grand Wagoneer had left. There was no luxury. Chrysler attempted to rebuild the luxury with its Aspen model of the early 2000s, but unfortunately lost track of its sight, knowing that they needed a full-size SUV to compete with new products from Toyota, Nissan, Chevrolet, GM, and Ford. They needed a new product. And because the Grand Wagoneer couldn't be brought up to the brand new safety codes and fuel consumption, it was killed off, thinking themselves that they need to get back in there. They spent the next few years contemplating their attack. And eventually, they did. 15 years later, 2006. 15 years. You gotta remember, the original product went 29 years. So almost half of the original production of the Grand Wagoneer, Jeep finally introduced us and said a brand new seven passenger product is coming out. And in 2008, finally gonna introduce it to us. And they finally did. They brought us the Jeep Commander. And I remember reading about this in many magazines, including Motor Trend, Car and Driver, Road and Track, hell, even online. It was an embarrassment at the dealer's gala where they brought out and showed the new dealerships, the brand new Jeep Commander, they thought it was a joke. Most of the reporters there thought it was a joke. And when I finally saw this product, I thought it was a joke. They couldn't be serious. The Commander couldn't be the product that was going to help them compete with the Expedition and Yukon. You gotta be kidding me. This thing's a brick on wheels. We get it, the Hummer H2 was huge, but it had that status luxury appeal. The Commander didn't. And if you'd seen concepts from back then, they originally did have a Jeep Commander product. They also had the Jeep Rescue, which is an oversized version of the Wrangler. Products still better than what the release was with the Commander. And after a few short years, they finally pulled the plug in the Commander and said, we gotta rethink this thing. But that was around the time that FCA got involved. Daimler had finally dumped them. Serbia's management group had brought Chrysler to near extinction. And Fiat shows up. During the fallout of the economic turmoil of 2008, Fiat shows up to save Chrysler. And when Sergio Mascioni, head of Fiat Chrysler Association after the merger, realized they needed a new seven-passenger Jeep. Seeing the explosion 
an SUV sales and the fact that everybody, when Chrysler was being parted up, they wanted Jeep. They got calls from Renault. They got calls from General Motors, Ford, Geely. Everybody wanted Jeep. Nobody wanted Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, or Plymouth. They all wanted Jeep because they saw the exponential growth in the SUV marketplace coming within the next decade. Between 2010 and 2020, the largest and fastest growing marketplace is CUV slash SUV marketplace. Sergio Mascioni finally put it in and said, we need to bring back the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer model. And by 2012, we started hearing rumors of it. 2012, eight years ago. And everybody said the exact same thing. You can't do it. You can't do what the commander did. It's gotta be an original Wagoneer. The Wagoneer has to be entry level. The Grand Wagoneer has to be luxury. And seeing products like the G-Class, the new Escalade, the new Yukon, all come out, have more luxury features, and being just as capable, Jeep knew they had the work cut out for them. And by 2020, September 2020, we finally got to see the Jeep Grand Wagoneer concept a year after Mascioni's death. His greatest product he wanted to bring to life for Fiat Chrysler Association showed up a year after he died. And it lived up to its reputation. Luxurious. It can compete with Range Rover and Mercedes. And if the Wagoneer, when we see it, has the same abilities and same image as the Grand Wagoneer, it's going to do some damage to the Expeditions and Suburbans out there. And finally, Jeep will have a full product range from the Renegade to the Grand Wagoneer. They'll slot into nearly every single market of the SUV segment. And to help build this brand new product, FCA was smart about it. They utilized their most profitable product range. Brand new Ram 1500 for 2019 is going to underpin both the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer products, making them super comfortable, great on gas, and not having major issues behind it. Since by the time the product arrives in 2022, all the kinks will be worked out within the Ram lineup. Unfortunately for us, the Gladiator name has been used by the brand new Wrangler pickup truck, so there is no pickup further pickup truck for a full-size one in the Jeep's future. So don't hold your breath about seeing a return to the original Jeep Gladiator full-size pickup truck being built off the Wagoneer as it would actually compete against the Ram. Where the Gladiator doesn't sit properly in the mid-size marketplace, a full-size truck built off of the Grand Wagoneer platform would compete a little bit too much with Ram and its Longhorn editions. The unfortunate thing is, is the concept only showcases what is possibly going to come out to the marketplace. The wood paneling was not there. Now within 24 hours, I should say less than 24 hours, of the 2022 Grand Wagoneer being showcased this fall, people have already added wood paneling to the side of it. There's one thing that could come back. It would be good for Jeep to bring back. Will this product help bring new products to the new Stellantis product range? Will it help spawn a brand new seven passenger SUV for Chrysler? Is it a fact that they only have the 300 and Pacifica product ranges? And no, 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 I'm not counting the Voyager because it's essentially just predated Pacifica. Chrysler needs more products and Jeep can help. Dodge needs more products and Jeep can help them. Everybody needs more SUVs in their product range. They don't want to compete with Jeep, but they're going to need them. Now, it is great to see that the Grand Wagoneer is coming back and remembering some great famous movies that the product appeared in. If you ever saw the movie Problem Child, Jack Frost, or What About Bob, you saw the Grand Wagoneer. But the most memorable to myself, and probably to a lot of people out there, didn't make a full appearance in the movie, but you remember it. The 
great outdoors. Yes, Mr. John Candy himself drove a Grand Wagoneer up to the north to go camping with his family in his Grand Wagoneer. And considering they're talking about redoing that movie, might just be time to introduce a brand new Grand Wagoneer as it could help the product explode onto the marketplace. Considering the fact that we've been hearing that Zac Efron is supposed to be part of the movie, add Zac Efron and the brand new 2022 Grand Wagoneer to the new Great Outdoors movie, it'll make it epic. Now, what does Range Rover, Cadillac, Lexus, and Mercedes have to say about this? They're not holding their breath because they want to see if Jeep can actually do it too. Can Jeep sell a $100,000 product or is that a bit too much? They've come close to the SRT8 Grand Cherokees before, but those are aftermarket versions. People are willing to dish out tons of money for extraordinary amounts of horsepower in a Jeep. But are people willing to dish out that much money for an actual Jeep luxury product? Only time will tell, considering the fact that Mercedes doesn't have products at $18,000. So in the end, are we glad the Grand Wagoneer is returning to us? Yes. We're glad to see that it survived 29 years and it is one of those original cookie cutter images that all you have to do is see the outline of it and you know exactly what it is similar to that of the original mustang volkswagen beetle and even one of its competition the mercedes g-class but even when people see a g-class they automatically assume it's a jeep as well 29 years of production if they held up for one more they could have made it to 30 and as the grand caravan soldered on for nearly 30 years on its own with many upgrades and many design changes the grand wagoneer all showed us you don't need to change that much to keep people coming in so from all of us at auto looks we're glad to see this brand new product come back and we can't wait to see the finished product of both the new wagoneer and grand wagoneer in our showrooms and we can't wait to actually jump inside and test one out to let you know how great this product is and if it will be worth the hundred thousand dollar price tag so for myself and autolooks.net stop on by the site check out our year-end ratings to find out who wins the coveted auto looks a plus award for 2021 product year along with finding information from any of your corporate websites that you're looking for we have sites from some of the smallest sports car manufacturers to the largest automotive corporations in all of its divisions check out the corporate websites page on our autolux.net and if you liked what you heard today please share comment or follow us on facebook twitter and linkedin and if you want to hear more from this product from the autolux podcast jump on over to podbean Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and even YouTube to hear all of Autolux podcasts. So for myself, Everett J, strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride that Jeep is bringing us on in the luxury Grand Wagoneer.